0: How do I say this delicately? They are known in the community. This is a very niche, small community. Most of these people could walk on any street, on any corner and never get recognized. They could probably walk in most campgrounds and not get recognized. But for some reason, they literally act like they're an A-list celebrity. They got through the money, Left on my blessings, I feel like I'm falling. The birdie is back. Hey guys, welcome back to the Plan D Podcast. This is season one, episode 13, lucky 13. Was I supposed to skip and just go right to 14? Are there people that are still scared of that like they are hotel floor rooms? I don't know, but this is episode 13. Hey, if this is your first time hanging out on this podcast, my name is Damian Ross. I'm the host. I'm usually the only one on the show. I don't think I've ever had a guest. I talk about kind of just the things that are going on in my life, in and around building a brand called Rootless Living. So I usually talk about travel. I talk about um, work, what's going on with work, and then just any kind of like cool experiences or exploring that's going on. I also have a video channel on YouTube. You can find it by looking up Damian Ross. I am currently on day 611 in a row with a goal of recording a 1,000 videos in a 1,000 days, and I'm calling that Road to 1,000. So it's just a little bit of stuff about me, but hopefully you've hung out here for a while anyways, and you kind of know that stuff, and if you haven't, go back and listen to the other podcasts. They're actually a lot of fun. It's a little journal. Journals are cool. Indiana Jones's dad had one. So not a lot of moving since the last time we talked. Last time we talked, I was in Advanced North Carolina. I've gone to Augusta, Georgia. Got to hang out on a farm over there for a little while, which was really nice and quiet. And now I'm at a new farm here in Brooklet, Georgia. There might be some farming equipment in the background. Seems like they're moving some things around on the, the back 40 acres. I believe the whole farm is only about 24 acres. so. That's not true. It's been a lot of fun for me because the last two farm stays have had farm dogs, and it's really nice to you know be able to play with someone else's dog and then they go home and they have to deal with all the other stuff that comes along with the dog that I don't have to deal with. So obviously, not a lot of travel going on. Um, slowly moving back to Texas. Hope to be back in Texas sometime around January. Uh, currently in Georgia, and then next up is South Carolina. I'm about, I don't know, maybe like an hour outside of Savannah, Georgia, right now. And uh, this area is beautiful. Fun fact. There is a house for rent on this property on the way far stretch. I believe it's a three-bedroom, two-bath, $650 a month. Yeah, I know. I don't know what you're paying for a three-bedroom, two-bath where you're living, but uh, 650 a month is pretty damn reasonable in my book. So let's talk about work because since there wasn't a ton of travel going on, let's bring you up to speed. What's going on? So, obviously, last time we hung out, I talked to you about how I announced that I'm starting a magazine called Rootless Living. It's going to be a digital publication that is sent to people that are either really interested in the digital nomad life, working while traveling, or that currently are working and traveling and just want to get inspired by others and educated by others that's really the premise of the magazine it's going to be kind of a, a fubu for those of you who aren't aware fubu stands for us by us and I feel like that's what this publication will be. I I will be a like basically a content DJ, and I'm going to let them share everything that they have going on and what they've learned. But here's something kind of interesting that I'm going to do in the magazine that maybe I haven't talked about. I'm going to interview people that have been on the road for a very short time, too. This isn't just about like seasoned, experienced people. I mean, I'm going to have those for sure. I actually have an interview I'm trying to line up with someone that's been basically on the road for 40 years. But I also have some people I'm lining up that have been on the road for six months. And I think it's going to be really interesting to hear their perspectives. Now, that's going to be taking place uh, both in the magazine and then obviously on a podcast that I'm launching in a few weeks called Rootless Living. And that is where I'll really just sit down and get kind of one-on-one with people that are living this life. So last week, I announced a Kickstarter for Rootless Living. Now, keep in mind, this is completely a digital publication. Within the first week of announcing it, we got somewhere in the neighborhood of about 1,100 subscribers. And we were basically saying this is a free digital lifetime subscription. But I didn't expect to get that many subs in one week. And with that came a lot of people asking if I would have a printed version. Now, what I think is funny about that is I would think most digital nomads would want a digital subscription. Like, that's all they'd be interested in. But there's still quite a few people that want a printed publication. And it makes sense to me. I still get my ink and my Fast Company and my Entrepreneur Magazine sent to me. I still read the digital copies as well. And then sometimes I'll just sit down by the fire and get through my magazine without all the distractions that come with having or reading, I should say, on your iPad or your phone. So I decided to do this Kickstarter to help raise some money for the print side of it. Like that's the majority of the goal. This magazine's happening regardless if the Kickstarter does well or doesn't or fully funds, I should say, that's really just for the printed side, which I had a plan to do maybe mid 2020, if not 2021, like just stick really to the digital. But with so many people asking about it, and advertisers are asking about it too, why not put this out there and say, hey, look, if it's something you really want, here's a Kickstarter for it, get behind it. Well, I'm happy to say that after just a few days, I mean, literally today is the 21st. I believe I launched it like 18th at night. Like I just put a Facebook post out and I was really going to launch it on the 19th. So we're talking two and a half days. It's 25% funded. Well, let me be completely honest. We're one subscriber away, whether at the digital level or printed level away from hitting 25%, which I think is really good for right around three, four days. Now it's a 30 day kind of campaign. The goal is to get the 5,000. But with that goal is also to get somewhere in the number of about 300 people. That's kind of the magic number that really lowers the cost of the publication and lowers the cost of the actual mailing. So down the road when we're doing thousands upon thousands of these printed editions, the cost goes way, way down and postage even becomes so much cheaper for the bulk mail. The prices right now reflect what it would cost if that's all I got. If all I got were 300 or 400, this would take care of it throughout the year. Most magazines don't make a ton of money on their subscriber. It's just that they can showcase to their advertiser that they have people that are willing to pay for it. hope that makes sense. I have links down below in this podcast. And then obviously, um, if you're on the Facebook page, Rootless Living Magazine, or if you're in the group, Rootless Living, we've talked about it a lot there. I think this is really important. I think it's maybe a little early in it. Maybe this is something I should have waited till I had a couple issues out. But I just thought it would be nice to have every issue that was ever done printed, and even if it's just small runs in the beginning, and the majority of the subscribers are digital. So here's a little thing that I'm noticing though, and this is what I'll talk about, and maybe this can get interactive, and you guys can comment or uh, hit me up on Twitter at Damian Ross in regards to this kind of conversation, is some of you are probably aware of Gary Vaynerchuk, and he had a book that was called Jab, 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 Right Hook, I'll just quickly paraphrase the jab was like doing things for someone before you ask for something which is the right hook where don't just come in with the right hook for me I've already noticed where people have reached out to me to say hey Damien I've seen some of these posts in these different groups or I've heard about it I think we would make a great story here's our story I think we can help promote it all this kind of stuff if we're in the magazine blah 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 and then I just quickly you know let me just see and They haven't even subscribed for the free one. They haven't contributed to the Kickstarter campaign, but they already want me to do something for them. I also had someone that donated to the campaign and then reached out. And I just thought that was such a smarter way. I have had people that share it and then say, hey, Damien, I've been sharing and talking about this. We're really excited. But just to like not do anything and just come for the right hook, I can't believe people still think that's a really great way of going about doing it. And I've had some companies that are, have really done it the right way. I had someone reach out that wanted to partner with some of the levels in the Kickstarter where they would take some of their product and send it to them too and once I've finalized that then I'll talk about it. I thought that's the right way where it's like hey look, maybe they don't have the the money right now, but what they do have is they can try to help make the campaign successful. And I felt like, you know what, that's a really great way to come at it. Every little bit helps, any kind of exposure helps, any little added value to what I'm doing helps. So, just really great, really great way. And then I have this thing where I want to call it a gray list. (laughs) Oh, this might be getting too real, but whatever. Let's do it. I know that there is something called the blacklist where you just like cut someone off. And that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is as I'm growing this and I'm reaching out to people, I'm really surprised by the response from people sometimes where, how do I say this delicately? They are known in the community. This is a very niche, small community. Most of these people could walk on any street, on any corner, and never get recognized. They could probably walk in most campgrounds and not get recognized. But for some reason, they literally act like they're an A-list celebrity. It makes me laugh, like it really does in a way where I'm just like, wow, I can't believe some of these responses. Now, this is just in regards to me trying to find guests on the podcast or people that I want to write up in the magazine. I'm not asking anything from them except for let me help tell your story and let me help promote you. And there comes back this kind of like, you know... I, 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 we might be too big for you kind of attitude. It's hysterical. And what's funny to me the most is that the first guests that I did for the podcast were Mark and Trish Leach of Keep Your Daydream. I really believe they might have the largest RV channel in regards to YouTube. I think it's over a quarter of a million subscribers. But not only that, they have one of the strongest communities I've ever seen. As soon as I emailed and reached out to them and said, hey, I'd love to have you on the show. I mean, granted, we've had a bunch of jack- jab, jab, jabs. We've built relationships. They instantly were like, hey, I want to be on the show. Let me help you. Really amazing people. And they were a really big help in my early success in RVing. I literally went to their channel to learn things. Just so you know, that's where the idea from Rootless Living really came from, was that there wasn't a central location to learn all this stuff. You had to piecemeal it yourself. If you wanted to learn about internet, you went to Technomadia. If you wanted to learn about how to make money while driving, you went to the RV Entrepreneur Group. If you want to learn some of the in and outs in regards to the actual RV life, you went to Keep Your Daydream. You went to His and Hers Vlogs. You went to Less Junk, Mo- More Journey. You went to uh, RV Geeks. Like, that's where you went. If you really wanted to get inspired by people making huge shifts, you went to, like, Gone with the Winds, where they were full-time RVers, and now they're living on a, like, a giant catamaran and going all through the most amazing islands and I don't know where, but everything just looks like Bali, basically. What a life. I hope to get them on the show too. They're fantastic. It's weird that I don't want to say that I'm I'm doing a gray list, but I'm kind of like, mm, how about we wait until my magazine is big enough for you then? You know, kind of attitude. And we'll see where we're at. I might get really backlogged with you know, who can be in the magazine. Because right now, really, everyone that I've been interviewing, I'm like, I want to find an angle to have a story about them in the magazine as well, because their stories are just that good. So it's going to get backlogged. And I'm also one of the very few, I also feel like my magazine is different in the sense that I've seen other niche magazines, and they really don't want to or go after the small creator or the one that's not creating at all that just has just started out. And that's not me at all. I want, To talk to a lot of what we'll call newbies or rookies. I want to know what they're going through. I even have a whole idea of talking to people that did it for a little while and quit and find out what went wrong and why they didn't continue. And I think that would be really kind of interesting to hear from. I'm talking to people, they consider themselves full-time RVers, but they spend half their time like at a home base and the other half of the time on the road. And I totally agree with that. I don't know what the percentage is. 51% probably makes you full-time, right? So lots of really cool stuff. Obviously the Kickstarter is super important. I would really appreciate you guys' jumping on board and helping out. Obviously, you can get a lifetime digital subscription. Even if you've already gotten one when I was giving away for free, you can jump on and pledge $10. And if we get fully funded, yeah, you'll get dinged for 10 bucks. But what you do is really help us moving forward, especially with advertisers. And then uh, if you want a printed version right now, they're at 20 bucks. That's a limited amount at the $20 level. You can grab one of those you get every issue in 2020. Let me talk about that really quick. I I'm not putting a number on how many issues I'm really gonna do for 2020. My thinking is eight, and eight has more to do with kind of the the seasonalness of this lifestyle, and I wanna make sure that it's affordable for advertisers and not overwhelming where there's one every month. So the first issue that comes out is a January, February issue. And then later on, we'll have a March and April issue. And then I believe what we're gonna do is go May, June, July, and August, one issue for each of those months. And then we'll have a September, October issue, and a November-December issue. Eight issues, will spread four over, you know, basically eight months, and then four over four months. And it allows us to work on some of the other projects, the podcasts, the YouTube channel, um, attend some events that get kind of popular in and around those months, and then summer, spring-summer, those are the months that really everyone's out RVing, even if they are part-time or full-time, and I want to make sure that we're just back-to-back-to-back to back to back during those strong months. But that's really the goal. So I really feel in 2020, we'll be have between six- In eight issues. And that's really just based on getting the content, writing on the content, and getting the content out. That's proven to be a little bit challenging. We thought it'd be a little easier where it's like, hey, you know, we're gonna interview you. You send us photos, we'll get it together. It is challenging. You would think people would just jump over no matter what your subscription level is to get their name out. And because almost everyone that's in this lifestyle, they have, they're either trying to sell their story or their story is trying to sell stuff. And so either way to get exposure is really good. I know if someone approached Damien Ross and said, I have a niche publication that would help get you in front of people, I would jump at it. I would in a heartbeat. I would do whatever I could to get my name out, even if it was a hundred kind of loyal readers. And this is where I go back to that, you know, less is greater than more. A lot of times in this content creation, you know, even though people can have large numbers, they can still have a very small view count. And there's people with smaller numbers that have a larger kind of view count and community. And it's very rare that you see both. And that's why I talked about Mark and Trish Leach with Keep Your Daydream, they have both, they really have a large channel and they have an enormous, dedicated, loyal following, which is pretty incredible, but they're they're awesome people. So I can see how that totally is possible. So we did the travel, we did the work, a little bit of exploring. You know, guys, I haven't really done much. I haven't, I've really been, Kind of focused on the work. It's actually been a little bit cold. I might try to put the kayaks in a local river here. Yeah, and that's really so I haven't been doing a ton of exploring, which is part of this lifestyle. I think sometimes and I might have talked about this. This is a hard part to you guys just really quick. I get confused whether I talked about it on the podcast or talked about it on one of my roads or talked about it with a friend or talked about it on Facebook. My brain doesn't work well with where exactly did I talk about this? So if I ever am repeating myself, even in the same episode or multiple episodes, I apologize. I don't mean to. But because I have all these different kind of things going on in regards to creating content, I'm starting to forget where I talk about stuff. Yeah, and I even forgot what I was going to say. Oh, my lifestyle is no different than yours. I get that I travel all the time and that's different. But normally my life is like work and then it's downtime. And in between that, sometimes there is like adventuring. Like when we were in Augusta, Georgia. Oh, I guess I do have a little bit of an adventure. We went to an old Confederate gunpowder mill. Like it, I don't think it's really been used for that obviously anymore but that's what it was uh, used for and I guess there was like a a slogan that was like whoever controls the gunpowder controls the war really that's the one thing you really need but it was just beautiful old building and a really interesting waterway that they had that they controlled the water a little bit like an old school dam that's still churned by like hand like literally have to get out there and get a couple people that like get behind this giant log and like move it so it can open and close the waters I guess I did do a little bit of venturing when we were just outside of Augusta. But that's the other thing too. Sometimes when I'm on these farms, like getting out and adventuring, it's kind of hard because the farm itself is the adventure. Like I think we're having happy hour tonight with uh, the homeowner here or the farm owner. And I'm excited about that. Just sitting around and talking to them. I mean, they're amazing, like salt of the earth type people. And it's a lot of fun for me to sit and talk to them. All right, I think that's really it for today. Obviously, the Kickstarter is a really big thing. It's a limited time. It ends somewhere around the 20th of December. So please jump in. I will definitely come back and keep you updated on how that's going. All right, you guys, when I come back next episode, I'm going to bring in some of the Contributors, I want to start doing some name dropping just to let you know some of the people that have decided to kind of help out with this project in regards to pledging. And I think that'll be a fun little aspect of the podcast where I can mention, you know, last week's pledges. And I probably should have thought about that and did it this week. That's business. You kind of think of some fun new ideas and I'll start doing that. Hey, until the next time we hang out, I hope you guys are having an awesome time. I am really enjoying doing these podcasts. Again, if you want to, please share it, subscribe to it, leave a review. Let me know on Twitter what you think. You can hit me up at at Damian Ross, D-E-M-I-A-N-R-O-S-S. And um, yeah, uh, I'll be back just as soon as I can. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. Have a good one.